0: It's day 16 of the Men's Hockey World Cup from Odisha. And England proved they're not pretenders. Australia just keep rolling on. And welcome to the World Cup Daily. Day 16. It's been a fabulous Men's Hockey World Cup in Odisha. And, uh, gee, what excitement last night, man! What are you doing in it?
1: hey? Eh? What are you doing in here? What do you mean? This isn't an area for players. Get the f*** out of here now. I'm serious. Players are not allowed in here. Welcome to Show 16 of the World Cup Daily. Sometimes you've just got to put your foot down, haven't you, John?
0: Uh, (laughs) Yes, you do.
1: um, It wasn't quite the way we were expecting last night. Um, My prediction of a 3-2 win wasn't far off, but I picked the wrong team in the Argentina-England game.
0: Before we get on to the games, can we can we just address can VIP gate?
1: Can you can you beep that for me uh, retrospectively, please?
0: <laughs> well, let, let's talk VIP gate. Um okay. Isn't isn't a VIP area you'd expect players to occasionally be? Because isn't that what VIPs want to do? And when they go to tournaments like that, is meet players and. Schmooze and stuff.
1: You'd, you'd expect that, John, but... I would have
0: thought it's also a great opportunity for players where there's limited financial rewards available for them to meet and greet and rub hands with people that can potentially provide them with employment and opportunities in the future. That's just my thoughts, though.
1: The rules are the rules, John, they and are. we can't bend them for anyone, okay? I don't think
0: they should be allowed in there in smelly track seats five minutes after the game, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think the way it was handled, not what happened is the People's concerns. Yes, that's correct. Mate. More will come out on that later on. Uh, we might even have the audio for you uh, in the next day or two. We've uh, managed to have a source who's provided us with some of that audio, and we'll see if we can't get it past the lawyers. But let's move on to the. Um, do you have a lawyer? No, uh, can't afford that we? We'll ask Keely. Yeah. Um, first game up last night: Argentina versus England. A game many, 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 many pundits didn't think England could win. No, but they
1: certainly did. I thought they were good defensively, they put great pressure on the ball, and they were ultimately fitter.
0: Okay, at the start of this tournament, I did not rate England. I still don't think that they can win it, but they're a much better team. They've improved tremendously through this tournament. Their first game was rubbish. Uh, they had their moments against Australia. They worked tirelessly against Ireland and New Zealand, and they've got their awards in this game against a team that were just to be blunt with it lazy yeah. um, I, I thought that the Argentinians lost that game in the 10 minutes after they scored their first goal uh, England have proved that when you score against them they will come out and have a real hard ping at you straight away and they've done it several times in this tournament within a minute or two minutes they've scored back against you yeah. now the Argentinians did the right thing and sucked that up for a minute or two and then they just sat back, and and it's like, oh, well, we've got a goal, you come and get a goal back off us. And England went, yeah, okay, we will. And they did. And that was where the game was lost for mind. Um, England attacked the game to win, and... That's what proved to be the successful formula.
1: Yeah, well, Mazzilli opened up the scoring in the second quarter a couple of minutes in. Sorry, um, Payet opened up the scoring from a Mazzilli referral um, from a short corner. Um, poor old Pinner. He, he made the save and then somehow it managed to bounce back up and from the inside of his glove as he was falling backwards, didn't he? And, and he had a good sort of whack onto the goal on the he way down the elbow.
0: Yep, uh, and then, um, you know, Argentina sat back. Uh, they they scored that goal in the seventeenth minute, three minutes before half time. It was number seventeen for England, Barry Middleton, the, yeah. the old fella, just floated in out of nowhere, found himself in some space. Well, it was a lov- you
1: know, lo- lovely run from Ansell. It was, and he was, was kind of winding up to get the shot off, and it was just out of his distance. But Barry was there on the spot and uh, smashed it. How into often the do you see left?
0: Barry Middleton standing alone, sort of in the middle of the D?
1: He let He left <laughs> at that, that end, the end of the field. <laughs> But it's a long way to go back for the old fella, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he, he turns his stick the other way around and has a little hobble back to the halfway line.
0: <laughs> oh no, look, fantastic for Barry, he would have loved that. So that was 1-1 one, one at half time. It, it was, and then, um, in the 45th minute, it was a fairly tight third period, but England maintained their dominance. Now, if you look at the stats, it's not hugely in England's favour well, that, um, that,
1: that third quarter certainly was 61% possession yeah. In the third quarter But not over, over the game
0: What was really important for England Was a pass accuracy of 71% Versus 59% If you're going to be competing against the big boys The Dutch and the Australians That pass accuracy has to be consistently over 70% So that that's a really good Good for England You know they're they're working much harder than they were at the start of the tournament right. and Liam Mansell' a jet he'd have to be in the play, in the team of the tournament wouldn't he the rubber man the rubber man yeah, yeah. He, no,
1: he, he, had a, he had a super, super he, he's
0: having a really really good tournament he's made a hell of a difference to that England team I still see a couple of things in them that they need to work on that I don't think if, that, that will cost them when they come up against better teams yeah. but um, you know they were moving the ball wider earlier. They're doing a lot of things that are going to help them break up things like the Australian press and, and the way the Dutch attack you as well.
1: well Ka- Ka- mentioning players, Cowan had a super game as well. He, he popped up with the second goal, for that overhead from Middleton. He took that very well. Yeah. Um, and uh, but that wasn't it. That wasn't it from the Argentinians. They they did come back again. Uh, there was a stroke given and then referred, and then it was converted to a short corner, wasn't it? And then the conversion did come from the short corner. Very once interesting you get from call player. on
0: the five meter rule. That was I thought the correct call. Um, if you get the chance, go back and have a look at that one. I'm, it's a pity Keely Dunn's not around because I'm sure she would have highlighted that particular call. It was um, a very good call by the umpiring fraternity.
1: And then after that 2 2 equaliser, soon after, Harry Martin popped up. He was cool in the circle. Um, Ansel then went on to hit, uh, hit the post soon after. Is that, that Harry that Martin? Well. Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> have to check out your Twitter account for that. <laughs>
0: Um, look, a fantastic victory for England. What was really oh, Argentine interesting.
1: Argentina had just had that one chance with about two seconds left to go that uh, Pinner got the save. Uh, the whistle went, his arms went up, and I thought, yes, we're going to see another cartwheel.
0: What was really pleasing was at the end of the game, I thought what kept it, what got the, the victory in the end was England's um, temperament. Uh, when both teams lost their referrals about seven or eight minutes to go in that last quarter, uh, I made a, a tweet about it'll be interesting to see who's got the better temperament here and it was the English they they had a far better temperament the, you know the Argentinians they were chasing bless them and they gave away two silly yellow cards yeah um that neither player will be happy about But when you're in those sort of desperate situations You just try anything sometimes And it didn't work for him on this occasion well, Four yellows, three greens in that game That's got to be up mm. there
1: with one of the highest card counts In the tournament so far
0: And I think as when the players get desperate You're going to see more yellow cards and green cards And there was nothing in them like The yellows weren't the guy aggressively going in and smashing someone It was trying to get at the ball And you get tangled up And you probably did the wrong thing But you can understand why players do it but it was, that was a really a standout point for me was England's temperament, and that's what they're going to need going yeah. through into the next yeah, couple I, of games if they get to the last one.
1: And But we did speak about the age of some of those Argentinian guys yesterday. That's probably the end of the road internationally for quite a few of them. Um, it was exemplified, the, the, that extra level of fitness that England had. Rossi in, in shot, I think Ansell was carrying the ball away around the halfway line, and Rossi was, could barely trot back. He was consigned to the fact, nah, I'm rooted.
0: Oh, look, and I... I think too They've got to do something About their forward line The Fords have one of the great, Greatest advantages In world hockey And that is having a drag flicker That everybody fears yeah. So as a Ford, You know Every time you get near the D The opposition defence Is going to be worried About conceding short corners yeah. They're going to have Something else on their mind And that should be Working in Argentina's favour And at the moment It seems like it's not They're relying on him What should be their Greatest weapon of attack Is now the biggest Achilles heel Anyway, I'm sure the Argentinians will do a thorough review and they won't be happy with that result. But it's England who go through to the... Um, the final th-
1: Their third consecutive semifinal and at the World will, Cup.
0: It is. Well done to England. They will be playing... Uh, the winner of Match 32 Which is the early game tonight Germany and Belgium Let's move on to the second game Because we've wasted a lot of time getting this far on the program <laughs> Matt. Um, It was Australia versus France uh, A game that was won by Australia 3-0 A game that everybody expected Australia would win Perhaps some thought they were going to absolutely flog France um, I thought it was a very commendable f- performance from the French The Australians did what the Australians do
1: yeah the French were good they had their opportunities they got a lot to
0: work with, yeah, yeah. and they are seriously not a, a ranked twenty team they are as they are at the moment the way they 're playing they are a lot they should be ranked a lot higher
1: well, three different goal scorers again for Australia uh, two goals up at half time, all three from penalty corners um that 's indicative of the Australian team. There are goals everywhere, aren 't they? Um, they and are. I know in particular, you liked penalty corner number three that that'ski oh, put away.
0: Ripper. It was a ripper. It, it, you know, you got Govers and Haywood. Um,
1: Haywood yeah. so, so the what top are So, what are you looking for as a number one runner?
0: Yeah, you probably. And anyway, so the ball goes out to Govers and he aims up to shoot, but he doesn't. He slips it around behind him and he slips it to Haywood. So, you, your defence is thinking, uh oh, there's the variation. Get ready for it. What does Haywood do? Slips it
1: to Zalewski on the post. Zalewski on the post.
0: Yeah. At, uh, A few feet outside the post He wasn't on the post He was wide of the
1: post Time to control it And lift the ball up And and over the keeper
0: It was was a great variation Because especially When you've got Two blokes That can seriously drag flick And the defence Is only going to be looking at them And that is one of the One of the strengths Of the Australian team They do have goals everywhere And they think They think about what they do The grey matter Between their ears
1: Another good Solid
0: team performance Any standouts for you? Uh, Player wise Yeah not really no. To be honest I, That's the problem with the Australians a lot of the time it's such an even team contribution And if You know They do the simple things well They do the really simple things really well They don't need to be flashy And of you know use great tremendous skill Although they have it Because they do team things really, really well, and it's the simple things. They pass well, they trap well, and they tackle well. And they work hard for each other. Real hard. France, a lot to look forward to, because they work hard as well. They're probably two players, really world-class, top-quality players short of breaking into, say, a top six or... Top ten, top, top ten. eight. Yeah. But well, they, they're, 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 they're in they're the eight for the World Cup, en- are they? They're close enough that we should see them start to get some serious competition from other top-ranking nations because they'll recognise France as being a worthy opponent.
1: Yeah. Well, I heard Charlie Broome mention in the commentaries Now, with Australia, they share the goalkeeping duties between Tyler Lovell and Andrew Charter. And he made a save, I think, maybe in the third quarter. And uh, I think Charlie Broome said that's the first time he's made a save in <laughs> three, three, games.
0: three games. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one and a half really because well, they yeah. play half and half <laughs> now um, after the game Victor Charlet spoke to uh, the assembled throngs and this is what he had to say about France's campaign
2: Yeah, it's awesome tournament for France uh, we are disappointed about this game but I think uh, the top three or the top five of the world is maybe too far for us now we, are, we have to do step by step and uh, maybe in one or two years uh, this game is uh, it, it's for France, so you have to wait to work and to be happy uh, about this tournament. Hi, I'm Tremidden, and you're listening to the World Cup daily podcast at your Odisha Hockey World Cup. And
0: that was Victor Charlet from the Hockey India Twitter feed. Thank you
1: very much for the use of that. Now, yeah, the big char, a lot to look forward to. Paris 2024 firmly yeah. in their minds.
0: And look, I, I know we've had a bit of a, a joke about the big char, obliques and you know back rowers and all that sort of stuff. He is an amazing athlete. He, you know, he's their runner on short corners. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah, he might be a big boy, fella, but he is an amazing athlete. And um, I think with guys like him as the the pillars of the team, they can only go forward, France. Yeah, I
1: thought Lockwood was a bit quiet. Um, he's had an yeah. excellent tournament so far and been very lively. But Australia just didn't provide those opportunities in and around the circle that he's had uh, in the tournament so far.
0: And I thought Victor Hugo Genesee was very good as well. OK, let's let's get to the games coming up, shall we? We've talked enough about that. Australia will be going through now to the semi-final and they will be playing the winner of the Netherlands-India game tonight. Before we get to those games, we should find out what the master tipper has to say. How did he go last night?
1: Not so good. He got one result um, correct, but uh, it wasn't, wasn't correct on the scoreline.
0: Let me guess who he's going to tip <laughs> today. <laughs>
2: You're listening to the World Cup Daily Predictions, a cooperation between studio hockey and the reverse pitch. Day 2 of the quarterfinals brings us the most exceptional lineups you could hope for. Two European powerhouses clash in the game between Belgium and Germany. The Germans have been impressive here, in spite of being hindered in the preparation for this World Cup by the FIH. But Belgium has always been a difficult opponent for them in recent years. However, I think the loss of John John Doman will hurt Belgium in these top games, and Germany will prove to be too strong, or at least too efficient. I call a 2-1 victory for Germany. Game 2 will crank up the volume in the stadium. India meets the Netherlands. The first and last quarters might very well be deciding in this game. Both are capable of opening like a fury, but closing in full force as well. The crowd will definitely have their impact, but I guess the Dutch experience will be even more important. I call a 3-2 victory for the Netherlands. That's it for today on the Daily World Cup Predictions. Tune in tomorrow for a new episode. But for now, enjoy your hockey. Or as they say in India, bas Hockey. Hi, I'm Flynn Ogilvie and you are listening to the World Cup Daily Podcast at the Odisha Hockey World Cup.
1: You are indeed listening to the World Cup Daily Podcast, show 16. Thank you so much to Ernst from Studio Hockey. You can follow Ernst on social media. Just search Studio Hockey or studiohockey.com. You can follow us on social media as well, John. Instagram,
0: Twitter and Facebook. Yeah.
1: All at the reverse stick.
0: Uh, his predictions for the semi-finals are going to be interesting depending on the results that come up today. Of course, tomorrow is a rest day uh, and the semifinals coming up Saturday uh, and the finals on Sunday. That's correct. We'll have a show tomorrow, looking back over everything, and then we'll be previewing the semi-finals on our show on Saturday. So show number 17 will be a bit of a look back over the tournament and show 18... Will be the uh, semi-final preview. Okay, salivating
1: over the prospect oh, of I tonight's am. two games, and they they are going to be close, close encounters.
0: Um, very quickly, what did you uh, what do you make of tonight's games?
1: Um, well, <laughs> Germany and Belgium play a lot of hockey against each other. In 2017 alone, they played six times, I think, five or six times. Um, and they were all pretty close encounters, except for that Hockey World League semi-final uh, 6-1 drubbing that Belgium had over uh, Germany. Uh, in the World Cup itself, they've met three times, most recently in 2014, last time around. That was the fifth, sixth playoff, and Belgium 4-2 winners there. So on the form book, you'd say that Belgium are probably slightly edging things, Uh And on this tournament as well I'd say that Belgium have grown into this tournament And they're looking sharp It's a tough one to call
0: Um, Yeah, it is a tough game to call I I look at um, where teams are vulnerable and both of them have vulnerabilities that could easily be exploited by the other side. Uh,
1: defensively, yep, Germany. Yeah. Short corners, certainly. Yeah. Uh, so well, if, if what gets get me the is that when you
0: look at the German short corners, their postman refused to stand inside the post. Now, have a look at the guy that was playing postman for Pakistan.
1: Yeah, it's probably a goalkeeping directive with that, though. You
0: reckon? Yeah. Oh, I think it's that's where they're going to lose goals. They've, they've, if you're going to have postmen, put them inside the post so that they can save the bloody goals instead of hanging their stick in there and hoping and that's where that'll cost them it will cost them
1: Um, and the other game uh, India versus Netherlands yes there's going to be some home advantage um, from the crowd the 12th man uh, Ernst picking a 3-2 win for the Netherlands of course he's going to pick a win for the Netherlands because I got told India was going to win what, already? Well, yeah. I, well, you've seen the graphic of the World Cup that's on all the FYH stuff, haven't you?
0: Well, they, they're already won, haven't yeah, they? Yeah,
1: the, the ribbons are already on there, mate. Yeah,
0: OK. Interesting. Um, oh, India are going to have to play well. They're gonna, If they want to win this game, they are going to have to play right out of their backsides. I think we're going to need some very
1: strong officials for the game as well, John. Um, Yeah, definitely
0: going to need some strong world officials. I mean, the crowd... Crowds are an acknowledged factor in sport. I think everybody knows that they do have an effect on what happens. Um, It's nothing you can do about it, and it can't be quantified, but it's there. Uh, Who do you tip? I I think the Netherlands are going to be too strong for them. I I see the Netherlands defence being able to break down what the Indians try to do and attack far more effectively than the Indians will be able to do that to the Dutch.
1: Um, Well, but we did see that shock shock uh, 4-1 win for Germany Uh, so that would give against the Netherlands uh, in the group stage so that would give some hope to India certainly wouldn't it
0: India's problem is that they, they still have too much of the winning the game off their own stick mentality their forwards do the forwards get the ball and they think this is my chance to be a superhero the Belgians and the Germans are far more willing to throw the ball around and it'll be interesting to see if that happens again tonight with India or whether someone's talked some sense into him.
1: And the Dutch, of course, missing Sander Devine. Um, he's gone home with a hamstring injury. Terrible in injury in the
0: last few minutes of the game the other day.
1: your De Mool comes in. Uh, he he got out to India oh, maybe four or five days ago now, uh, yep. just in case
0: something like this happened, and it did happen. Yeah, you know what the Dutch are like, though. They've just walked down to the spare parts Or or in a new back line Or a backman or whatever And out they pop Um, Yeah I think the Netherlands will be too strong And I think that um, in the other game I have a feeling Germany will be too good for Belgium In the end But it will be a very close game Probably more goals in that game than there will be in the other one
1: I'm expecting Simranjeek to pop up with a couple in this one for the Indians. So You've got go, have you? go, No, I haven't. <laughs> right. I'm going to go 5-3 to the Netherlands in that game. And I'll tell you what, I'll give you a prediction on the other one. Uh, Belgium, 2-1 winners.
0: OK, there we go. We've got a score out of you. Uh, that's all coming up tonight. The early game at 16.45, it, uh, 4, 4.45, the time. And then the late game at uh, 7 p.m. In India.
1: So we're looking at around 28-29 degrees for that first game 43% humidity, 10k winds cooling down a little bit into the evening uh, uh, A little bit cloudy and that cloud's going to keep continue to build up, up to over the weekend And um, we're expecting 20 degrees and rain on Sunday for the
0: World Cup Final Time now for the generically sponsored goal of, of the, the day game. Our big burgers are beefier and tastier it is today. I, I, I tried to use my Australian bias to get that uh, wonderful penalty corner variation in, but it wasn't quite there. I wanted to use my old man bias to get Barry Middleton's <laughs> goal in, but that didn't work. So instead, we had to go with some good old-fashioned hockey nows. Well, it comes from England, and it's a great strike as well. But you know what? you got to play a half of a quarter of hockey or whatever it is, out to the very end. Quarters don't finish a minute before the allotted time and the Argentinians found that out. Ireland can come forward again. Rossi almost reluctant to retreat for Argentina. Long ball over the top. An opportunity,
2: is Calman And it's a goal! Well, he had a yellow card earlier on. From zero to hero, Will Calvert. What a
1: defensive error there by the Argentina team, an experienced
0: side, lot Olympic gold medal-winning side, just coming to pressure. And uh, thanks to Dan Strange and Jake Beer Singh there, and Star Sports for the uh, the audio from their coverage, and of course the FIH. And indeed, the FIH. on uh, that great strike, great pick up by England. Thirty seconds to go, or something, and the Argentinians just went to sleep. It was. But England pounced And and they took the moment They realised the moment was there And they went with it They could have easily have been sitting back Just waiting for three quarter time as well But they stayed engaged with the game And when you stay engaged with the game For the full 60 minutes You're a good chance to win it
1: Super overhead from Big Bad Baza. Um, Yeah, He's that, a feature He Cal- should have been man of the match Townham was uh, cool and calm He brought the ball down beautifully And what I loved about that little clip as well John thump you heard that backboard yeah, go yeah
0: Craig that was our goal of the day the generically sponsored goal of the day congratulations
1: yeah. Will Count and you, you can... win our very best wishes
0: I oh, you cut out my generic sponsor tag
1: sorry go on do it again
0: <laughs> oh I can't now I forgot what it was It's something about stuffed crust pizza anyway um, cheesy <laughs> cheesy yep. more cheese more cheese to please I don't think you need
1: Any more cheese If you're still listening <laughs> At this point
0: <laughs> Okay We're going This is going to be Our longest yet We're going to set Records today All Matt. right uh, we've gone through the games coming up tonight already giving you the times giving all the information anything else caught your eye
1: A couple of very quick things some mentions about us talking about Rob Abbott quite a bit with regard to the school fancy. we're not going to talk about Rob Abbott at all in this show that we recognise there's been too much Rob Abbott talk uh, so we're definitely not going to mention his team Rob Abbott you're not going to be mentioned at all so no no more Rob Abbott ok
0: no I won't say Rob
1: Abbott then. no don't okay. do that um, but uh, He's in in fourth spot at the moment, Rob Abbott, on the Scored Dream team, John. Uh, But we've got two new people at the top of the table. Have you? Yeah. Um, Matthias Groschel, he's he's appeared from nowhere on 204 points. And Mark Pike, uh, who's uh, based here in Western Australia. Sorry, the cat's making some noise in the background, if you're wondering what that strange noise is. Uh, He's in second spot. Now, boys, you don't get on the show just by joining that. Uh, you do mini obviously <laughs> you don't because we're not going to mention you at all alright and you're certainly not <laughs> in the chance of winning one of our fantastic prizes that we still haven't worked out what they're going to be um, so effectively in the third spot Ramiz Raja on 189 points you're at the top of our, our mini league uh, Rob Abbott's uh, in second place then As you're, si- you, you're in 11th mate That's but, all right. but, but 9 if you look at the revised tables which would also then put me up to 6th place so you've got a bit of work so to do yet so can you just join a league I think yeah, well. This is the plan, John. I'm going to trawl through every <laughs> single league this evening, and if there's anybody in those leagues that uh, with less than 173 points at the top side, I'm joining that league. That's the way to go. Uh, uh, just for those of you that were concerned, Ollie has been found safe and well. Thank you so much to Tom Wetton, who's there on the ground in BBI. Uh, sent a little pick through on Twitter to us. Uh, so it was good to know that uh, Ollie's back to
0: work. Hey, uh, just be careful, Tom. Just be careful. He might ask you back to his uh, apartment to oh, check funny, out his etchings. Funny funny 20, two fingers. I don't know what's going on there. Enjoy the hockey. Should be a ripping night tonight. Um, two powerhouses of Europe. Uh, one of the legendary teams of World Hockey in action as well. Uh, it should be amazing. It's
1: going to be a ripper, mate. Can't wait and can't wait to be sitting here next to you for show 17. Catch yeah, you. Mate.
0: Bye.